Welcome back to Get With The Programming. I'm Chase Ingram. I'm Captain America. And along with me is Bill Grunler. Wolverine. And this is our Glassman Chipper episode number eight. Well, article number eight. We've done some doubles here and there. But yeah. what I love yeah. about this one is that it's getting back to the basics. We've had the basics of methodology. And now we have the basics of the basics of movement. And that is the air squat. Or the squats. Sorry, I almost got ahead of myself on, on the article. Yeah, dude. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Let's keep it to the basics, man. Hey, first off, damn, you came in with some power right there. Power. Oh, power. Yeah. Welcome back. Welcome back. Yes, I'm faking that was... it. I'm faking it right now because I am. I know. <laughs> I am currently on the verge of my deathbed. Uh, that's getting a bit dramatic, but I am in a world of feeling like shit right now. <laughs> because It happens. Yes, I, I uh, got the wonderful pleasure of staying home Monday and Tuesday with my daughter, who uh, ended up getting strep throat and an ear infection, and I didn't really know what she had until Tuesday, out of which I was like, man, we've been sharing a fort for the last uh, 24 hours, so that's awesome. And then last night, I was like, uh-oh, mm -hmm. uh-oh, <laughs> so mm -hmm. whatever it is, I don't know, because I went to the doctor... Tested negative for strep. No idea how, but the uh, the the my current state of how I feel is quite opposite, maybe of the intro that I had for the show. <laughs> I know that's what I mean. Like you just said, like you you went well into character there and just said fuck. You buried the real life Chase Ingram. <sighs> And brought the avatar Chase Ingram to the front, <laughs> melted it out. Yeah, I liken power. it to it's like coaching. Uh, you've got the you know? switch on. You got to. I not always. Me. <laughs> not me. This it's not about machine. me. It's not <laughs> about me. You guys showed up for some stuff, and we got some stuff indeed for you. And this week's episode of the CrossFit Journal Glassman Chipper is called Squat Clinic, and it's all going to center around. The first movement you learn at the level one, and that is the squat. And reading through it, short article, it's about five pages long. Uh, e even that, there's not a, a whole lot in there as far as like writing, but there's a lot of cool pictures. Some, uh, What I really liked was faults, fixes, and cues yeah. that I think are going to be very valuable for the, the casual observer, uh, for the CrossFit coach that wants to improve their seeing correcting. And it, we'll see a lot of things in here, even in the photos, like, oh, yeah, I've seen that squat before. Well, right. how do you fix it? Right. We have it for you. I well, love it. I, I, and when we get to what, that part where it goes through over all the fixes, the, and this kind of goes back to one of the, uh, when we were talking about the ring muscle up, and, and your, one of your favorite lines in the whole thing was, you're just not trying hard enough. Yeah. Or <laughs> you're just getting lazy. And there's a lot of that. You think about, the way that a little child sits and plays and they're in a this perfect squat position all oh, the time gosh and I then and then they change and it. it changes for mm. the pure reason that you get lazy mm -hmm. you find out other ways to be able to move you'll you find out other ways of of oh i can just bend over and grab this instead of moving the way that we're supposed to move and no, it, it may not be the fastest way to lower yourself to the ground to pick up like a pen or a marker or something like that, but it's the right way to do it that keeps you safe and strong and powerful. And every single one of those cues, mm -hmm. like, oh, all right, here's, here's a fault. 
here's a possible reason. Got lazy, got lazy, got lazy. Yeah, didn't right. Focus, didn't focus, didn't focus. So I, I like that part too. It, it, it basically says like you need to be aware of what the hell you're doing all the time. You cannot be lazy. And I would lazy, say, get hurt. yeah, and I, and I would say, from a coaching perspective as well, lazy coaching. Because a lot of times it's like, oh, push your knees out, get lower, uh, lift your chest up. Yeah. You know, it's like, how about we dig in there a little bit more? Right. You know, it's not right. just cues yep. for cues sake. It's like, why, how, what can we do in maybe warm-ups to help build upon a better squat position? And what I really like in here, and this is a lot of times what we see in, say, like the ring muscle-up, the strict ring muscle-up, or the pull-up. It was like order of operation. What should we be focusing on first and why versus say other things that uh, it was really, it's, it's, I, I these really things like have been it. so great. These articles yeah. have been, I almost feel bad saying eye opening as if I've totally and completely forgotten about all of this. No, I think we just, it's very easy to get into your routine on how you coach and how you talk. I mean, we, especially if you coach multiple classes throughout the day, teachers do the same thing. You pull out your script for what you're going to be saying of these things. And you kind of go into, there's a, there's a, an element of auto, uh, just like auto, you know, cruise control. Mm -hmm. You're just kind of going through and, and yeah, that was what I was looking for. I got you, bro. But yeah, I got you. Um, Teamwork. what's, (laughs) What's interesting is when, we start to you to say those things so many times and we're going to get to where all those cues are. And then we forget that what the whole point of a quote unquote cue is, mm-hmm. you know, cue is not technique. Cue is how do I say this thing? I mean, and just like what you, what you would do like in the level one, there's a level of, let me say it first, then let me go tactile on you so that I can sort of maneuver you or get you to sense where your body's supposed to go. Cause the you're not able to understand or i can't say i can give you 15 cues of the exact same thing and for whatever reason it's not resonating i have to find another way to get you to move a certain way but we you, i see young coaches do this all the time driving knees out driving knees out knees have to be wide knees have to <laughs> yeah. be wide knees have to be wide you know uh wait on your heels wait on your heels and so then you have these people where they're balancing on their heels toes floating in the air trying to do a squat you know, knees extending way out to the side to where their feet are up on their, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You mm-hmm. guys, the, the cue is to help them move to where you want them to be. Not a, you must have your knees as wide out as you could possibly get them or, you know, any of those kind of things. So I, I like what this is too, because it's not, it, it's getting people to understand the words that you're using. What are you trying to do with those words that you're using? Is it spread the earth out with your feet? <laughs> yeah screw your feet into the ground like none of those things are actual are are, are things that you're going to do like how um but it's you know trying to get you to think of a certain sensation so Mm -hmm. uh but i like the list i think it's really good and it really gets us back to thinking about the simple Mm -hmm. little pieces of how and and what's crazy is you start to look at them and then you start remembering i don't have to overthink a lot of this stuff let me just go let me look one level deeper and I can say one sentence and I can fix it or mm. I can put my hand on the on the back right here or on the knee right here and fix it rather than, you know, if you uh, accentuate the gluteus minimus by <laughs> rotating the to the external rotation of the femur, then you're going to be getting the uh, it's like, shut the fuck up already. Too much. So, yeah. Stoke. Too much.
This is going to be really cool. Before we get there, I want to thank our partners of the show, Bubs Naturals. Go to bubsnaturals.com. Use the code GETWIT20 for 20% off everything on their site. That's the MCT oil powder, the collagen protein, the apple cider vinegar gummies. And I'll tell you what, waking up after a rough night of sleep this morning and pouring myself a big, like, monster-sized cup of coffee, I may have done two scoops of the MCT living on the edge. Two scoops. Dude, yeah, you are. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Living on the edge. I've, I've been nursing it for some time, but, you know, just like that warm coffee, but I'm getting something, right? Uh, my appetite really hasn't been there this morning, so getting those good fats from the MCT oil powder, getting the, you know, 20 grams of protein from the collagen protein, it's just a good way to, to get myself back on track, so I really enjoyed that. Yesterday, I, uh, I did... We've been doing this girl benchmark Wednesday, but with running in it. So I call them runaway girls. So <laughs> it was, uh, yesterday was runaway Angie. So it's an 800 meter run into Angie, which is a hundred pull-ups, push-ups, sit-ups, and air squats in an 800 meter run. And I haven't done a lot of pull-ups. I've been dealing with like some, you know, bicep thing. My shoulder's been bugging me, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it today. This sounds like a great idea. Let's just do 100 pull-ups right off the bat when I have probably done 20 or 30 in the last <laughs> month or two. And you know how I got myself in that position, Bill? I don't know if this is like a, <laughs> a good promo, but those damn element26.co grips got me through the 100 pull-ups. Probably, probably not the best thing. Right? They, they made pull-ups so much easier that I was able to do 100 pull-ups <laughs> yesterday when you're locked when you're locked on but i mean my biceps today maybe yeah maybe telling a different story maybe <laughs> telling a different story so but uh it's good my hands are good look at that hunter pull-ups yesterday Dang. no rips no problem thanks to the grips there make sure you guys go to element26.co and use the code get with 15 for 15 percent off your next p are. But here we are talking about the CrossFit Journal and the Glassman Chipper article number five. Now I'll drop the, this is called the Squat Clinic. I'll drop this in the chat for those of you guys rolling with us on YouTube. This is the article link. If you follow us on Patreon, we have it already linked up in our site. After this, we will repost and upload the marked up version of this article for you guys. If you guys don't follow us on Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash skip the programming. And for six bucks a month, you get all this wonderful stuff. But here we are hmm. talking about the squat. December 2002. This article is called Squat Clinic. And right off the bat, this is something if you've been to your level one in our first movement lecture outside of what is CrossFit, which kicks off the weekend, we have our first movement lecture is called simply the squats. And the question is, why squat? And as you guys follow along, blue are some of those essential things we want to look at. Red are those red flags, and yellow are just important things. But a squat isn't essential to your well-being, obviously. Although 20 years ago, not so obvious. Even today, I still think it's amazing that we'll hear, squatting below parallel is bad for your knees. I know. So it's like it's so weird that, that we still hear it today, even, but 20 years ago, stupid. Yeah. It's, yeah. Right now it's just dumb. Like 20 years ago, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a small pass on ignorance. However, 20 years now it's uh, you know what I look at? I, I think about this 
is, I used to think about this when I went out to the bars, is that if I saw a 10 out there and I was just looking at her, I was like, okay, she's very pretty. And if she pulled out a cigarette, instant zero. Drop. Yeah, totally. Right? Yeah. Instant zero. The same thing I'll see in the gym with like an air squat. Like... (laughs) It, like yep. a trash squat might as well be the equivalent to you smoking cigarettes to me as far as attractiveness. <laughs> I, I have. I'm like, oh, no, that's uh, <laughs> to where like if someone moves well, and we'll talk about this here in just a second, but like some so that virtuous movement patterns, if you got a beautiful squat, I'm like, damn, that just made you two levels more attractive to me. I don't know if you feel yeah. the same way. No, 100%. Okay, so story backtrack this just story time i had i had a like if there's workout things when you are a workout person there's Mm. workout things that are it doesn't mean that like you want to have sex with that person immediately but when you watch them move and they move well and it looks good you're just like damn that's hot hot." (laughs) i had a i had a, a girlfriend in college that was a stripper she was real attractive time out Hold what? the phone. What? You're not just going to casually throw that out there as if this is a normal uh, conversation to have. Uh, it was a college thing. You know, okay. What are you going to do? It was a college thing. Okay, moving on. Uh, <laughs> um, so I had this girlfriend. She was a stripper, you know, real attractive girl. Um, and we went to work out a handful of times together. And the first time I kind of was like, oh, all right, that was weird, but not. She was one of those people that like if you she didn't move right. She didn't mm. look like she didn't work out. Mm. But when you actually go to work out, like the workout faces were wrong. The movements, the bad squats. It was like that really like legs are super straight. Knees are like super straight. Legs mm. are close, not going down. Like it looks so awkward and weird that that was the catapulting to, uh, yeah, we're going to have to break up. The stripper thing was cool. However, her trash movement was it, it, it's like how do you have breaker. a bad squat you're a stripper how do you do that i mean it's all it's all the stiff leg movements I mean, as well as the high heels been, man you know it it's could like have been no high heels in the gym is what it could have been see it was. So, right you get out know. of those elevated platforms and all of a sudden that pretty old squat you had turns into trash because your ankles are made of iron see my the girlfriend that i have now like laura moves fucking great yes, i she watch does. her squat and i just like now that's a whole different thing she, i watch her squat and i'm like whoa Hi there. Good. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> Hello, you. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad we're on the same page as far as like a good mover <laughs> goes a long way in my book. Yes. And I don't know if it's because I grew up playing sports. Like, you know, athletic bodies have always been huge, a huge attraction to me. And it's like, you know, what can you do with your body is even like cooler as far as like athleticism and sports. Like, yeah. Maybe that's why I have this like same attraction to people who move well. Shoot, even dudes. Like if I watch Rich do thrusts, I'm like, God damn. That is a handsome man right there. Plus his like chest is basically like a bug zapper. I just get like drawn like a <laughs> tractor beam. But just I mean, and here's the thing. When when it comes to coaching, and, you know, this could go in the judging thing, but we won't even get into that aspect. But it's like, you know, when you see good movement, it's almost, it's like a breath of fresh air. Just watching someone move well. And especially when we're talking about something as simple as a squat. 
How excited do you get when you bring in a new person, a new client in? Oh, they've it's never the done CrossFit. Best. All of a sudden, they drop down to come up, and I'm like, oh my, that was yes. amazing. I, I almost want to so, cry. Like, happy. Yeah, yeah. Give him a hug. I'm like, thank you so much. You're so far ahead of the game. You're right so now. you so have no idea. You have no idea how good you have it right now. All right, so let's get back. Squat is the essential for well-being. Not only is a squat not detrimental to the knees, it is remarkably rehabilitative of cranky, damaged, or delicate knees. Now, when it comes to that, the huge um, misconception was squatting below parallel, especially under load, was very bad for your knees, which is insane to think about. I think you are the perfect person to talk about this as you tore your ACL. Oh, yeah. And part of that rehabilitation is always trying to get full range of motion back into the joint. If we weren't meant to be below parallel, our bodies would not allow us to do that. That line, that right there, what you just said, has been one of my most favoritely used uh, discussion comments when someone would say that. They're like, yeah, but it's bad for you to go below parallel. I'm like, well, then why does my knee do this? Right. If it wasn't like my elbow doesn't bend backwards because it's not supposed to go backwards. <laughs> right. It's, stop, it's, it, it's designed to stop there. So that's like saying that my arm that I'm not supposed to scratch my shoulder because my elbow bends that way. Like, no, it, it, it's designed to do that. But, mm -hmm. you know, like it, with my knee thing, especially it was understanding not just the knee, that's what everyone talks about because that's what everyone hurts, but then understanding the priority of what's supposed to be moving here first. So hips first, then knee, making the big joint the priority, then the knee the secondary. And that's, I mean, that's what really helped, one, me to really truly understand it, but to actually feel it when I was rehabbing my knee coming back. Yeah. There was, there was no way I could make my knee be the first, the primary, <laughs> primary thing. I still right. can't make it be the primary thing. Mm-hmm. And the, the other one is, as you said, is just like watching my kids play on the ground or drop into a squat. It's, I'm just like, damn it. So good. <laughs> Where did that go wrong? Well, we'll tell you why. <laughs> life. 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 Uh, it says the squat, and we talk about the squat, we'll, we'll be talking specifically about the air squat. It is vital, natural, functional component of your well-being. Chairs are not part of your biological makeup. So most of the world's inhabitants sit not on chairs, but in a squat. And we, we talk about this at the level one sometimes. We call it the third world squat. When you talk about like third world countries, you know, they, they have great squats because you watch as, I mean, watch any... Street view through, say, like India or China. And it's like people are just sitting down in the bottom of the squat, like having conversations or at dinner or almost like a resting position, right? Where the, the more modernized era over the last, like it's more, I would say, westernized. It's like chair stools, tables, sitting stuck at parallel, in cars, on planes, all of this desk work, mm -hmm. right? That chair level has blunted our ability to really utilize the full range of motion of that squat. And I feel like you see a lot of that at the uh, level one, especially when you do something like a uh, squat therapy where yeah. they get right at parallel and then have no idea how to function below that. I was like, you see where that is? 
That is right where your desk chair is. <laughs> or when you sit down and you're tired and you just you get like right at parallel and then you just like plop down into mm-hmm. a seat. There's there's no control, there's no awareness when it comes to that. And it says only in the industrialized world do we need or find the need for chairs, couches, benches, and stools. This comes at a loss of functionality that contributes immensely to decrepitude. Now, decrepitude is a huge one, especially when we talk about nursing homes, right? The inability to basically like function on your own, decrepitude. So, for example, we talk about hospice or, you know, nursing homes. If you physically cannot stand up from a seated position, you cannot take care of yourself by alone for the same reason why a burpee is so imperative. In fact, some of the at-home tests you'll see for nursing homes or hospices, they'll sit you down in a chair and then ask you to get out of the chair. Mm-hmm. Or they'll lay you down on the ground and ask you to get up. And if you can no longer have that independent living, that's the sign of decrepitude and the need for those type of you know, nursing homes or, or hospice. We said we frequently encounter individuals whose doctor or chiropractor has told them not to squat. And then the, the, uh, and this is kind of one of those one-liners that, you know, we were, we were talking about is like, then you asked them, was like, by what method should your patient get off the toilet? Love that. Like, if I am not meant to squat or at least go to full depth, how exactly should I get out of a chair or a seated position? You're supposed to shit standing up, Chase. <laughs> right? <You> know <laughs> it's like, I'm going to need a lot more toilet paper to clean off the back of my legs. <laughs> it's, you know, and he uh, said, is even trainers and healthcare providers suggest that the knee should not be bent past 90 degrees, which is absolutely insane. And there was an epidemic, not an epidemic, but... When you look at, say, non-contact sports injuries, particular to, say, ACL injuries, right, mm-hmm. is what happens is, say, let's take football, for example, and we see that it's a pretty common injury. It's, I hate seeing those things. But in, back in the day, where it's like, okay, we only squat to this position. It's like, okay, well, what happens when you're playing a sport, a contact sport, where you get hit and push below parallel, under load, maybe with some shear. And you've never trained, you never strengthened or mobilized that type of depth and range of motion with weight training or resistance training. And what happened was they basically strengthened the knee to 90 degrees, which also really in turn shortened the length or tensile of those ligaments in that range of motion. And so when they got extended in that, we saw much more knee injuries due to contact and non-contact injuries where you see athletes cutting, you know, from left to right. And a lot of that has to do with an overdeveloped quad. Yeah. And you cannot develop the hamstrings or the glutes unless you go where? Below parallel. Yeah. And which is, it's just crazy. Absolutely crazy what it used to be. The yeah, truth is I, that, oh, go, go ahead. I was just going to say it, it's, it's amazing to see um, how many, I mean, really good athletes don't have that full range. Um, right. A lot of, a lot of these like basketball players, which because they're so long, 
So you have yes. these really long levers. They will do squats, but they stay way above parallel mm-hmm. because they figure, well, I'm never really going to go down there, so I don't need to do that. But they they forget that that's where a lot of their their protection power, like if they're going to go and post up, they're going to use not just their quad, but their quad and their glute. And if they don't have that power, especially on the, the strongest part of the muscle at the glute, that's when you see a lot of like ankles being rolled and things mm-hmm. like that. So you need to be able to get those glutes in the mix rather than just relying on the quads all the time, all the time, all the time. You just can't get that same stimulus if you don't go all the way down. Right. Um, especially going like hips first, then knees, dropping about in, in that in that uh, that order. Mm-hmm. It's wild. And it says the truth is that getting off the floor involves a force on at least one knee that is substantially greater than the squat. And just think about it. If I, I lay you on the ground, on your back, say, get up. And we actually try this at a level one during a lunchtime breakout. It was like, can anybody get off the floor without actually bending their knees? Hmm. And it, some people could figure it out, but the fact that what they look like trying to figure it out, they're like, okay, that's ridiculous. Right. Right. It's like, or I just, you know, come up on all, you know, like my hands and knees. And then I put one foot forward. I'm already in a deep knee bend. And I like in this lunge position, I stand up all the way that like, that's how it's done. So we look at say on the athletic front, the squat is quintessential hip extension is the quintessential hip extension exercise. And hip extension is the foundation of all good human movement. And they have two things here that it's necessary and sufficient for elite athleticism. And they say when they say necessary, in that without powerful controlled hip extension, you are not functioning anywhere near your potential. And when they look at sufficient, sufficient in the sense that everyone we've met with the capacity to explosively open the hip could also run, jump, throw, and punch with impressive force. And that's all just relating to the air squat itself. Isn't that crazy? It is. It's a, the, the air squat, or just the squat in particular, covers so many different things when it comes to athletic, develop, athletic development, range of motion. Right? Like, look at all the things that you would have to do, say, on isolated machines to get the same out of one air squat. Right? So we think quads okay i have to do a, a like a leg extension machine and then i have to do my hamstrings okay well i flip on my stomach and i do the leg hamstring curl machine and then i got to think glutes i'm like okay so do i do the like the uh, seated floor leg press machine or like that one foot like booty brazilian butt lift kickback machine <laughs> Oh, by the way, the ability to, to have to stabilize my core. So do, am I doing GHD sit-ups or am I doing hip extensions? Or am I doing yeah. that, that good morning crunch, right? It takes six to eight different isolated machines to cover all the muscle groups that one air squat can do by itself, which is the cornerstone of what a functional movement is. And it's just, it's amazing that with that, with all of those pieces and everything that's attached to it, Man, it is one of the movements that we just so sloppily move through. Oh, and drives blow, me crazy. And like, I mean, I don't want to say, I don't even, I don't know, I don't know which is more drastic, blowing it off or, or just like brushing it off, like complete 
like I just don't care. I, yeah. I so don't care about it because it's like it's not it's not that important. It's not that big of a deal. And it is the largest brick on the corner of a cornerstone of all the movements that mm -hmm. we have. And whether it's athletic, whether it's uh, uh, sport or or job related, or if it's just general life, independent living related. Yeah. If you don't have that, you are now lacking a ton of things in your in your world. And and I'm this obviously I'm not talking about, you know, uh, uh, if you're a paraplegic or if you don't have use of your legs or whatever. Mm. I mean, you definitely ha are having to change your functionality. But if you have a body that has use of all of its appendages and that one piece is not there, you have, I mean, essentially removed so much activity and so much right. life and so many things that you are able to do can do should be able to do want to do right off the table yeah and the That's last important and the last part here for the first page is the squat is among those is among those exercises eliciting a potent neuroendocrine endocrine response and if you could touch back on our foundations article is that you know when you train especially when you train with intensity you have these hormones in your body that basically get activated due to that and the more movement you can do that has a more full body movement to it, the more potent that response will be. And you know, a lot of things like, you know, say for, for men, it's, you know, testosterone and HGH, natural kind right. through high intensity exercise, not leg extension, hamstring curls as fast as you can into some type of like calf raise, glute, butt pushback machine, but just squats, Squats, the, the bang for your buck when it comes to that. So when you look at the second page is this top part with how to squat. Now, I can tell this is 20 years ago because if you asked me to teach someone how to squat, I would not pull out a 23-part exercise <laughs> <laughs> to teach that, right? right. <laughs> so, you know, like we said, this is 20 years ago. Everything was new. Uh, sometimes it's one of those, I, I, I don't know if at my level two where I was like, if the more I talk, the smarter I'll sound. And then actually Boz is my level two instructor. And he was like, listen, I can tell that you understand all of this, but you got to really bring it back to like bullet points. Yeah. I was try, trying to be less like an encyclopedia of knowledge while confusing the shit out of everybody. Right. All right so a 23 part how to squat is kind of funny to see 20 years from now. <laughs> Well, okay, but back then they were having to prove a point. Right, yes. You know what I mean? So there was a reason. It's like, okay, let me go overboard on the fact that, like, let me tell you how and why you should be able to and all the abilities to be able to so that we can, as we're going through the numbers, we're, we're knocking off all of the naysayers. Right. And basically shutting them down because we keep talking and yeah. we don't stop talking. <laughs> but it's really funny. This actually reminds me of the first time I taught the snatch at like uh, the first gym I ever coached at during an on-ramp on session. Yeah. And I probably did like a 13-part snatch movement pattern. And by the end, I was like, man, I just confused everybody. I did <laughs> such a terrible job. And so like all of these cues are great, but... 23 of them it's like i said it's they're all right but it's really funny to to see that it's like okay feet outside the shoulders turn your toes out slightly sit back and down to your heels make sure your you know heels don't come off the ground <laughs> those kind of things like three cues will do but it was just i just wanted to pull that up we're not going to go into all 23 i just thought it was funny 
yeah. to see that. Uh, let's go to the air squat itself. All of our athletes begin their squatting with the, quote, air squat. Now, when we put in squat, as Greg was writing this out, is that we are talking about an unladed body weight only squat. Other weighted squats, back squat, overhead front squat, are where we distinguish a weighted squat. So for the rest of this article, when we just say the squat, we think air squat. And what I like that he had here was the safety and efficacy of training with the front, back, and overhead squats before the weightless variant has been has been mastered. And it says, really, it says retards athletic potential. And that just means blunts athletic potential. And what that means is there's an order, order of operation. Air squat first. PVC pipe first when we learn how to snatch. Low rings first when we learn how to do ring muscle up. There is an order of operation when it comes to this. And you need to perfect the basics first, master the basics first before we put a bar on your back, a bar in the front rack position a bar in the overhead position. Because if you have a trash air squat, the other ones are going to be trash as well. And when we add weight, I would say that's when it gets borderline dangerous. Totally. And it's it's in amazing how you can have a subpar squat, then all of a sudden your front squat gets not just subpar, but now it's like it's bad. And then you go to overhead squat and it's like now you're complete shit. Like the, right. the high, the, the more, the more that bar position changes from either on the back or no air squat, whatever, um, the demands on the body change, even with the PVC pipe change so much that you see massive compensation happen at the back, at the knees, at the hips, at the ankle, at the shoulder. And it just all just kind of twists. So if you don't have a bulletproof air squat, mm-hmm you're not going to have a good front squat or a good overhead squat. Right. So that's why that's so imperative. It spends so much time on that one movement. And and we say that the level one is that the faults that you have in the air squat are going to be manifested and magnified when you put it under load, especially as you said, in an overhead squat position. (laughs) I'm reading some comments here. It says, just catching up, my biceps and forearms were ruined for the last three days after the Waza pull-up workout. That is not the first time I've heard that. Yep. And it's kind of fascinating, and we'll, we'll touch on this because I have a feeling we need to go through a, analyzing the program of the Waza, Waza individual qualifiers. But I remember talking to Brian Friend because he did it. And it was like, do you remember what it was? It was like pull-ups, chest bar pull-ups, bar muscle-ups, 60-40-20 with shuttle runs. Yeah. And like Brian said, he got like rhabdo. Shit. Yeah. But when you look at it, ugh, we're getting off topic. But that's not the first time I've seen that. So now we, we definitely need to, uh, <laughs> we need to look at that. So going into, say, mastering the squat. Here's an example. Uh, and this, uh, was this at your level one? We did bottom to bottom to bottom squats as our first of six workouts for the weekend. Uh, we did that one, yeah. Yeah. I dude, I lo- I love that one. If you guys have never done bottom to bottom to bottom squats, it's twenty seconds on, ten seconds off of air squats. But during your ten second rest period, you have to sit in the bottom of an air squat. Yeah, which is just ridiculous. Like uh, the hardest four minutes of my life. Uh, when is the squat mastered? An example: It's fair to say that the squat is mastered when both technique and performance are superior. And what is the wonderful word that we use when we blend technique and performance? Virtuosity, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure will be an article down the road. 
but doing the yeah. uncommon uncommonly well or common uncommonly well and that's where the beauty and lies with the air squad itself and i love what you said when it was uh like brushed off i've started programming air squads more in the last couple of weeks at the gym and those things fucking suck oh dude and i and i liken it to while people don't like working on gymnastics because it seems so simple and there's no one to blame on your inability to do something other than yourself. Whereas I said before, I, you know, I've said this before, it's like, okay, if I miss a snatch, I'm like, okay, it was a technique thing or the weight's too heavy or, or I did this one thing and I can accept that, right? I blame it on the barbell or I blame it on the dumbbell or I blame it on the rower. When it comes to bodyweight movements, there's no one to blame but yourself. Why am I trash at this? Like, oh, because I probably don't do it enough. Yeah. Or I don't do it Right. Or if you see someone that regularly doesn't stand up all the way on air squats yes. or doesn't go down all the way on air squats and then they just, you know, whatever. They do that in their warm-up and they're, they're sloppy about it in the warm-up. Then all of a sudden they get into the workout and whatever shortcut that they have taken now is an extreme shortcut. And you see someone just doing this like weird quiver, uh, what was that, uh, insanity? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, what was that guy's name? Sean T. The way he would do squats, it was it's like that, where they're not standing up, they're not going down, they're just sort of bobbing in the middle somewhere. Mm -hmm. And it's like, dude, you are just water bob. You make them go all the way and they go from getting like I mean blasting out, you know, whatever, it's set of fifteen, mm -hmm. no problem in like they're doing it like in 10 seconds and you make them go all the way. Then all of a sudden they're getting like one every five seconds because they're having to travel so far. The muscles are now extra tired because they aren't used to moving in that range of motion. Mm -hmm. And they don't know, they don't have the ability to fire in those outer ranges of that range of motion, the yeah. outer ends of that range of motion. They just exactly. don't have it because they don't train it. Right. And it crushes them. Oh, it's, it's so great. And I hate it because like you said, it's so simple. And it becomes frustrating because it's breaking me off and I can't, there's no one to blame. Why am I so bad at this? Maybe because you don't do it enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. All right. So the example here is superior performance is the Tabata thing that we're talking about. This is 18 to 20 reps on average of every round. So old school Tabata or Tabata was your score was actually your lowest round, mm -hmm. not a total combined which was maddening because like I could be like 20, 20, 20, 20, and then have like one shit round of 16 and then all That's 20s. I'm like, what'd you get? 16. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was so maddening. But the, the backup to this was 18 to 20 perfect squats. Exactly what you've been talking about. You tell me someone that has like 23 to bottom, bottom to bottom squats. I'm like, let me see those air squats or right. tell me how tall you are. <laughs> right. <laughs> the last thing here that we have in red is the most common faults to look for are surrendering of the lumbar curve at the bottom, not breaking the parallel plane with the thighs, slouching in the chest and shoulders, looking down, lifting the heels, and not fully extending at the top. Basically, that train wreck squat as we uh, lead to in the level one. And so here are some photos for these guys watching on YouTube of examples of all of those common faults or bad squats top left corner not breaking parallel very simple the hips are not going below the top of the knee 
that easy. The other one is sometimes you'll see a wide, too wide of a stance and those knees will cave in. Dropping of the head. I still do this. I'm going to be complete. I'm going to out myself is when I'm doing high volume air squats, I, I feel sorry for myself and I just look at my toes the entire <laughs> time <laughs> when I do, especially like Murph. I'm just like, oh, and I'm just like looking at my feet and feeling sorry for myself and pouting and trying to breathe in my weight vest. I do that. I do that way too much. I got to stop That's doing super, that. It, it's hard. It's hard I, not to. Yeah. You got it. It helps. I think putting your head down, it kind of helps to go away is what is what's happening. Yeah. Like, I'm just, you know? I'm trying to go somewhere else is, is really what but I'm it does change. Do. Your, it changes your body position. It does. It really does. And it pitches me forward on my toes more and, and maybe like around my shoulders, uh, losing lumbar extension. That's in the low back. You'd see kind of that butt wink. You'll see some athletes do is they'll be good right below parallel. And then their, their hips will tuck under there, uh, dropping the shoulders to so that slouching position. And then the heels coming off the ground. Sometimes people with uh, bad ankle mobility, they'll dip into their toes. You'll see that a lot on pistols. Oh, my gosh. So a much. lot on pistols. Um, as we go to part four or page four of these common faults, therapies for these things. So reasons why we have some of these things, weak glutes and hamstrings. So the glutes and the hamstrings are responsible for powerful hip extension. The other thing to talk about hip extension, if you never extend your hips when you do air squats, you don't train actual hip extension. It's like, oh, why does my clean suck? It's like, well, what do your air squats look like? Mm-hmm. Do you always short the top of the rep for speed? Have you ever actually trained an open hip before? Or you just do, like you said, Bill, that bob thing. The other one is uh, poor engagement, weak control, and no awareness of the glutes. So that's a lot of times where you see um, like the knees cave in or their body just kind of like limp out at the bottom. Um, so, uh, an attempt to squat to the quad. So you'll see that more when they flex into their toes, right? The more you go forward in your toes, the more the quads will take over and take away from the glutes and hamstrings. Inflexibility is a cause of that a lot of times, or even tight hamstrings themselves, and then sloppy work or poor, poor focus. And that comes into that, like what you said is like not trying hard enough, is that you're just not focusing on what you're supposed to be doing because of maybe the respect that you don't have for the air squat because it seems so simple. And sometimes the simple things seem like unimportant things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is it? I mean, my knees been fine, so I could just drop into the bottom and come out. That's right, right? I went down, I came up. And th- that may be your very first step. Like, so that's the first stone that you step on. Mm-hmm. That is not the finish line. Right. Like all of the things to move properly all the way down and all the way up and be able to think about that all the time and then be able to make that be your normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that, I mean, a lot for the vast majority of us, if you don't move correctly when you are in wad, drunk, super tired, whatever, that's, because <laughs> yeah. that's not that's, that's not your default. That's not your default. So I think that we all, uh, we all can, myself included, we all can uh, benefit by by forcing every rep to be what it's supposed to be and do that more because it, the more times you do that, the more it's going to be, uh, your default action. Oh yeah. The pity squats. Yeah. Or what is that? What are those burpee grief burpees? There's grief air squats. I got a member in my gym. He's awesome. (laughs) He'll squat and like bury his head and then he'll stand up and lift it over his head. I was like, "Oh, Oh, (laughs) <laughs> grief air squats are, are my favorite what's up bruce 
What's up, Bruce? Can't wait to uh, get the family together between Sevy and Bill. Yeah, I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to be on uh, the show with him next week. Oh yeah, for what? Uh, he just he wants to put me on the show with him. Nice. So I, think I will be tuning sixth. in. I think it's the sixth. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it'll be fun. That's really cool. I'll, I'll watch and comment from the Get Please With the Programming do. page. <laughs> Please do. Yeah, do that. Yeah. All right, so here are some ways to help some of these faults. The first one is bar holds, or you can use a wall. So that squat therapy that they use at the level one. And the big thing here is that when you put something in front of you, it blunts your ability to come forward or it forces your body to stay in an upright position. But when you do these things, you got to make sure is like you can only like you can't change the mechanics of your squat just to get below parallel. And I think that's a big thing people need to understand is like you, you put your hands in front of you, whether it's a bar or a wall so that you don't, don't come forward. You don't drop your chest more because if you have tight hamstrings and ankles, you'll see that athlete like shoot their hips back and their chest just drops it's like their chest goes below parallel before their hips do, <laughs> like, a, right. like a good morning. And what this drill is designed to do is it immediately forces a solid bottom posture from which you have the opportunity to feel, and this is the big thing, the forces required to balance in good posture. I don't know the last time you did like wall therapy squats, but anytime we'd pull someone out for, for that at the level one, the amount of sweat that would come off their bodies just to try to force them into a position, I think is one of those things that is massively overlooked and underappreciated, especially in warmups. Like if I just did 10 wall squats and I started a foot away from the wall and in 10 squats, try to get as close as I can. When that is all said and done, I am so warm for pretty much anything. My upper body yeah. is warm. My back is warm. I'm breathing heavy. I'm sweating profusely. The old stretch sweats. You, know, you can have yeah. the meat sweats of each too much steak. I'll get the stretch sweats or the rollout sweats where it's so painful I start sweating. That's funny. And that's what I get from this, this bar position. I, I, I love wall therapy squats just to show people how much they actually have to focus on and work to get a decent air squat. Yeah, I... I, I... I'm not personally, this is just my own personal opinion. I'm not a fan. And Matt was asking about this. Um, I don't like the wall for a squat therapy stuff. I really like the bar though. Why is that? Um, the reason, the reason, the reason I don't like the wall is because I feel that it forces people to be way more upright in a squat than they would actually normally be, especially for like a back okay. squat and air squat and overhead squat, whatever. Whereas with a bar, I can make I can put a bar right underneath their arms or my arm right underneath their arms at a certain height and say, okay, you have to go down with your arms out extended. Don't touch my arms. And it does the same yeah. thing without getting their their torso into a bad position. Um, what one of the things that I did to to what I like about it is the wall is if people's knees shoot way forward. Oh, okay. So what I'll what I'll do is I'll have them squat um, in front of like a box, in front of like a, one of our three-sided boxes. Mm-hmm. So now I put your toes oh, right yeah, on the yeah. box. Okay. So now their knees will hit the box and it moves their hips back and then I can still do the arm thing if I want, depending what their chest is doing to bring their chest up. Um, because I, that, that sweating that they're feeling is that like now they're not just using quads, mm-hmm. they're using their back, they're using their shoulders, they're using those erectors, they're using the glutes, they're using the, the, 
the the glutes to try to pull their knees out a little bit so right. that they have a more of a, a, a knee driven out position uh, plus the quads and all of those things at one time and then almost for some people if they can't get down there it's a very slow rep mm -hmm. so you do you have an element of like isometric on top of oh that. like a tempo squat so yeah, so all of a sudden it's like you do ten, and it's like, dude, I feel like I just did like a hundred. Yes, dude, like That's my sh my shoulder blades and back erect back erectors get lit up when I do squat yeah. therapy. Yeah, and I'm like, damn it, I thought I had a good squat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm good either way. Uh, you know, yeah. I don't I don't prefer one or the other. It's more of like if I have access to one, then I'm running with it. If not, I'll I'll, I'll go with that one. But I do like. Um, what you're saying here now, box squatting, this is one that, uh, someone actually sent me a video or an explanation of a box squat, um, that some programming was using and they were doing it incorrectly, which was interesting to see, but it's not, it's not hard. It's not hard, but apparently it's easy to screw up. I, I mean, it's not love, hard. it's not hard to do it wrong. Wow. There you go. Yeah. I love because box squats. Is, they're great. I that, a box Box squats was my rehab when I came back from my knee. Mm. Um, if by doing it right, though, a lot of people, they, they think that because they sit on a box, that makes it box squats. Mm -hmm. That does not make it box squats. No. That just makes it an easier version of a squat because you don't, because you stop at the bottom kind right. of thing. Like you, right. If you don't change the position of your legs and your ankles and your knees, then you're not doing it right. Yes. And the thing I love about there is that, you know, one of my biggest deficiencies with strength is my ability to recruit my glutes and hamstrings appropriately. Yeah. Um, most of the times when I fail a squat, it's above parallel. It's the weirdest thing. Like I'll get three quarters of the way up and then bail. I used to be wow. that psycho that bailed forward too because I would panic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Like I was like, don't ever do that again. I'm like, I don't know how to not do it, but that's yeah. where I would normally fail. And so once I started doing box squats, um, and you know, I've had some knee issues in the past. I mean, obviously not like like you have, but it takes a lot of the I'll say pressure and pain in my knees where I can focus on that glute development, that hamstring development to help keep that knee position out and on top of all that the amount of hip extension i train from a box squat and explosiveness from the box is is huge and if you guys haven't ever done box squats dive into it a bit more it's uh they're awesome absolutely awesome yeah either ask someone or look at some west side barbell stuff for sure like, west don't, side don't just don't just pull up box squats on youtube because i yeah i see people posting stuff all the time it's like oh yeah leg day doing box squats today and you would have thought they were doing i don't know knees over toes <laughs> squats yeah. you know i mean it's like that's that's not the intent of what those are so find make sure you guys get the right people to look at that because it is an amazing uh addition to your squat work for sure totally agree i i I thoroughly enjoy that. It, plus, it's yeah. not, it doesn't beat me down. Like, just yeah. as I've gotten older, like, a lot of strength training has been tough for me. Uh, to close things out, this is the one, uh, it's a little table here. and has a list of faults, causes, and therapies, which I think is awesome. So, you know, if you guys, again, we dropped that link of this article in the chat. Go look at this. But, you know, we'll go through these fairly quickly before we sign off here. But, you know, not going deep enough. Causes weak hip extension stensors, laziness. There it is. Love that or quad dominance. 
therapies, bottom to bottoms, which is that Tabata where you sit at the bottom of the squat during your rest and then you have a coach telling you to get lower until you're there so you feel what that position is, uh, bar holds and box squatting. Right? And that box squatting, like we said, with weak hip extensors, that box squatting really helps strengthen that hip extension. Other faults, knees rolling inside. That could be knee stabilization issues. Uh, it cheats the quads. And what it does, it's, it, knees caving in is actually really dangerous for your back. Right? Yeah. So the, and the anterior part of your knees themselves. Like putting under load when your knees are doing that lateral shear. But what that turns off I love this drill. I used to do this when we were teaching the air squat at level one where I'd have everybody basically like spread the floor with their feet. You know, like if you had parchment paper, try to rip it and their glutes were just like on, like firing up on. And then I just have them push their knees in and like a light switch off. Yep. So when you see those knees come in or like that valgus knee, that's, that's another term that they use. Basically, it's, it's turned off everything on your posterior chain, which is... Dangerous and inefficient, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, dropping your head, lack of focus, really, and I can uh, fully out myself there. I don't want to keep my head up. I would like to just feel sorry f- for myself and look at my toes while I do massive <laughs> amounts of, of air squats. But I, what I like here is bar holds, which is that wall therapy squat that we talked about. You can't keep your hands over your head if you drop your chin. And overhead squats, which I really like here because a lot of times I'll see this in the snatch where someone will miss the bar forward. I see the same thing in jerk a little bit too is because they'll, they'll catch or receive the bar at the bottom and then drop their head to like look at their feet for some reason and then yeah. it pulls that bar forward. Yeah. It puts so, like their head going down like that puts so much, especially when they're doing an overhead squat, so much torque at their mid back. It, it buckles their arms. I mean, it just it like that head drop just completely changes the the entire stability of the of their torso. Yeah, it's amazing how how freaky it works. They talk about a light switch. That's a light switch. Yeah, yeah. Losing lumbar extension is another fault. Lack of focus, tight hamstrings. So that's that butt wink where that low back rounds out at the bottom. Uh, cheating for balance due to weak glutes and hamstrings. Another. Uh, wall therapy squats, overhead squats. The overhead squat, when they like, you just take a PVC pipe and you give that to somebody. Like, you could you could probably watch someone air squat. I'm like, okay, they move decently well. And then you give them a right. PVC pipe to do an overhead squat. And it's like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> like, you can, you can hide things on an air squat. But once you put that PVC pipe over your head, not a barbell. A barbell, you can still get away with a little bit of weight. And they'll tell you that too. It's like, you know, if we used a bar, I would probably be a lot better. I'm like, that's exactly why we're not using a bar. Exactly. Because you don't move well. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Dropping the shoulders. Uh, I love all these cues. Lack of focus. Weak upper back. Lack of upper back control. Tight shoulders. Heels off the ground. Weak glutes and hamstrings. Um, I would say tightness of the ankles and hamstrings as well. I I would put that in there. Um, I'm actually surprised that's not in there. Yeah, they they they, they, mentioned, they mentioned that in the article. I'm surprised they didn't have that, but mm-hmm. I would use that almost as a first, first ankles. Yeah. Then you know a, a cheat for the balance. And, and if you guys are, are thinking it's like, okay, how can I tell it's ankles other than their positioning? Look at their feet when they squat, and have them just slowly break parallel. And what you'll see their toes do is they'll start to rotate out, 
You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Those heels will get closer together. The toes will go out and they're trying to like manipulate their body and foot position just to try to get below parallel. I think that's, that's another big cue of tight ankles. I had a, I had a, a way I just, I don't know, came up with it one day. It was more like a snowboard rack almost where I put a 45 pound plate right in the middle. Mm -hmm. I'd have them put their feet on either side. And then I put another 45 pound on each, each side of their foot. And yeah. just lock their feet in place. Yes. When I when I see their feet turn in, so I'm like, now squat. And they <laughs> yeah. go to do it and they're like, they the body starts to quiver. Exactly. And, you know, trying to figure out where to move because now the compensation of turning the foot isn't there. And it it moves the compensation to another part of their body where they're now trying to fix it. It's a it's a trip. It's fun to do. I, think I, it's pretty fun I love that. I would love that. At the level one, or if someone was doing that, we would just I would just like put my foot. Right outside yeah. their foot. I'm like, now squat. Yeah. <laughs> and they'd either do it or they'd just fall backwards. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the last one that we have here, incomplete hip extension. Cause number one, cheating. <laughs> 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 oh, I love this. And it sets the wrong neurological pattern, avoiding the most important part of the squat, which is the hip extension. Now, the string touch. Now, what that is is that... Um, if you guys ever have like a small garage and you got to pull your car all the way up, I, you know, I used to see this in my grandmother's garage and I never knew what it was until my dad explained it to me, but she had a tennis ball hanging from a string. Uh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? And I was like, what is this for? Like, there's just a tennis ball floating in your garage, hanging from a piece of string from the ceiling. He's like, well, when your grandmother pulls into the garage, she knows she's in far enough when the front windshield touches the tennis ball. That way she knows the back of the car is actually all the way in the garage. This is the same thing. So you take someone standing completely at full extension and tall as they can in their feet in a squat stance. And you just, you know, what we used to do is we just put like a hand over their head, but the right. same thing, right? You put a, you put something there to mark their height. And until they stand up and touch that, you know, they're at full extension. If they're not, they're not. Yep. Oh man. The old tennis ball. It's such a good one. <laughs> Oh, and that's it, guys. As simple as can be. The old air squat. <laughs> I love it. Oh, okay, you, you, you made the tennis ball. Okay. For all of those with the tennis ball things out there, I think you, 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 you freaked everyone out and made everyone feel like they're all old because they have a tennis ball hanging in there, <laughs> hanging in the garage. It's not an old thing. It's a good thing. It's a very simple DIY you're, you don't you're need right. to have some some little like laser setup or anything like that. The it beep, makes it full sensor in your car. Drive right into the tennis ball. It touches the window right where your face is. Boom, you're good to go. Done. You don't need to go back and look. It saves you time. <laughs> Brandon, it's cheap. It's good. <laughs> Brandon says I need to get my wife a tennis ball. <laughs> I, I will admit we um we're we're in the process of trying to move right now. So our garage is filled with a bunch of shit that we don't want in our house. So when people come and see it and, you know, we're trying to sell a house oh, at yeah, the same yeah, time. Yeah. So I would, we have some stuff in there that is now it's limiting the space I have to pull all the way in. And every time I like, I hear the beeps, but I'm like, uh, this is probably they're being overly sensitive about distance. And I'll get out. I'm like, damn it. I still have like six inches left to get inside. And I was like, you know what I need? I need one of those tennis damn ball. tennis balls. <laughs> <laughs> I need one of those damn tennis balls to make sure I get, get in the garage ball. all the way. 
That's funny. Oh, man. Well, team, thanks for joining us today on the Glassman Chipper, article number eight, Squat Clinic. I'll throw it in the chat for those of you guys watching right now and you didn't get it earlier. You'll have it right here. For those of you guys that follow us on Patreon, it means you support us more than you already do. Thank you so much. We will drop the edited version in a file that you guys can download and print out for yourself. If you guys want to become a programmatron, you can support us for six bucks a month. You get all these articles marked up for you guys, as well as discounts for our OG cult gear. Yeah. Ooh, let me, forgot to put this up. If you guys don't follow the new Instagram handle that we have of the OG cult, we have some... Wild things in store. This went from, hey, this would be cool to like, oh. It's a thing. It's a thing now. It's a thing. It's a thing now. And it's going to be cool. We got off the, the phone with Ken from Sherpa Works today. Got some plans in the works to, to make this uh, more than just a brand. More than just a, a fun idea. We're actually going to turn this into something that's useful for this community as a whole and it's something I'm very excited about obviously something that we're both passionate about and oh, it's man, just been totally. it's just been super super fun but if you guys follow us on Patreon there is a discount code for all of our OG and cult gear oh the um Ken found an extra box of the games edition tie-dye shirts in crops which nah. is on the Sherpa Works Works website right now so if you guys haven't got one of those i know we got a couple messages that they uh <clears throat> didn't get them in time they're there it's only one box so it's not a whole lot of stuff but it was in there i was like dude that's pretty pretty sweet yeah bruce get it while you can you guys bruce you serious you can't wait to get my level one hell yeah dude when are you uh have you signed up for it yet or are you still planning it i'll let you throw that in the chat here Brucey watching. Bruce. Elise says, have some journals in a binder and always. Um, oh, because she wants to highlight along um, yes. as we're doing it. That's super cool, man. It's really hard for me to like not highlight the whole damn thing. Yeah. I really want to. I'm like every word in here. There's not a lot of wasted words. I think that was something Glassman always did well was be able to articulate a concept. That was so easy to understand and digest, which to me is the mark of a true genius. Yep. As someone who can take something so complex and make it so easy to understand from someone who has no idea about what that is. Because I, I had the opposite from some of my professors in college, especially in engineering. Like when I saw that my professor is also the name on the book at which we're using for the class, I was like, fuck. <laughs> I'm not going to understand anything. They're like, yeah, you get it, right? I'm like, no, you wrote the book. Of course you get it. I need you to dumb it down for me, please. Um, I've, and I think you can still find, I believe, you can still find some of Greg's uh, lectures and video clips off oh, of YouTube. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so search Greg Glassman and then whatever, Greg Glassman squats. I mean, we just, we posted on the, on the OG site um, the Fran last year or last week mm -hmm. and it's just you have to listen to the way he talks the way he explains things then when you go back and read these articles you hear his voice and you can hear how and why he is saying things the way he's saying things and that was 
literally that was one of the first things that that sucked me into the whole CrossFit idea. Yeah, was the way he explained these things, the way he he made it sound so easy. He made it sound like right. Oh, perfect. That makes sense. I don't need to know all of this other nonsensical stuff just to sound like I know what I'm talking about. And, you know, especially when you take that idea and the way he talks, very eloquent, um, doesn't, there's not a lot of fluff to it, but it's, it's very eloquent and to the point. And then you take that idea with the, with like, especially with what we just talked about, the squat and how to coach and how to cue. And then you use that idea when you go and coach people. You don't need to blast them. Yep. And, yeah, and I have to say this. I mean, one of the things, what, the one role that I have uh, that I never got a chance to do in CrossFit was be a uh, a level one instructor. I, yeah. ne I never I never got to be on seminar staff. Um, it was always just a timing thing, not not because I didn't yeah. want to or anything like that. But what always dude, you'd what have I been always great, loved. I th I from think way back oh, I would have loved it, dude. You'd it would have been, been great. so great. From way back in the day when I got mine, from all the OG names to when we have them in my affiliate now. The script that you guys get is Greg Glassman's voice, and you guys are channeling that. And it's the coolest thing. It is the coolest thing. You don't see a whole lot of, like, ad-libbed performance yep. sort of setup. It's, here's the way we want you to say it so that everyone gets the same flavor. And it's, I think it's so cool. Uh, yeah, I love it. Yeah. If you guys haven't taken your level one, I know Savan talks about this a, a lot, and, and you love CrossFit, not even if you want to coach, not even if you want to open it should affiliate. have nothing to do with that. It should have nothing to do with that. It's just so great. It's a two-day weekend. You know, it's the, the knowledge, the baseline things. I mean, a lot of things that we're going through with this, it's all in there. But there is a, a deeper sense of camaraderie and community in those level ones. At a level and in, in a reasoning I can't really put into words. Yeah, and, and it's, again, it's, it's, not, it's not about wanting to, like I said, be involved with coaching and stuff. But I tell you what, if you guys are part of an affiliate for an extended period of time or you're new... I guarantee you that affiliate owner would love to have you guys be a part of that gym in a deeper capacity than just being a member. I see that yeah. all the time. Every coach I've had except for one, and that was the biggest mistake I've made, but I was affirmed that in the reason why I did the things that I do, I just had to test it out. Was every coach I've ever had has been a part of my gym first for yeah. at least three to six months. Help them get their level one. And they were like, hey, I just want to coach a class here or two. Or I just want to be on standby in case you got to go out of town. Your affiliate owners will love you for making that available to them. Right? Get your level one, pass your test, never coach. But tell yourself, like, hey, I got my level one. If you ever need someone to step in for an emergency or whatever, happy to do it. Yeah. Or don't. Yeah. But I will say is, as an affiliate owner, they would love that. They would. And the the outlook and the the view you would have on CrossFit after that, dude, people are just so excited when they come out of that. 
so excited. Yeah. If they're a coach, they just like they're kind of off the rails a little bit. You have to kind of reel them back in a little bit <laughs> because yeah. they just start seeing and they want to talk all the talk. But if you even if you're not wanting to be a coach, the 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 view of CrossFit that you get being just dipped into the Greg Glassman verbiage on CrossFit and movement and methodologies and ideologies of what we do like that, like that it's, I mean, with in a non-religious sense, it's, it's a very baptismal sort of feeling. Yeah. Yeah. You are, you are birthed into CrossFit by going through that level one for sure. It's cool. It is very cool. It is cool. And just the staff there and the relationships you form unintentionally. It's awesome. It's awesome. If you guys are thinking about it or you're curious about it, do it. Find something near you. Go to CrossFit.com. You look at the education. It has level ones in your area. Talk to your affiliate owner. It's a good conversation to have there. Like I said, it's not even about coaching. The more L1s I have in my gym, like the, the, the mood changes. Uh, yep. Do, do you have that in-class coach that just like took their oh level one and they want to help you? It's like, hey, I like what you're doing, but, but I got it. <laughs> yeah. I got it. I got it. I got it. Cool, the, got it. cool them jets, my friend. Yeah. Cool them jets. Let's save that for another time. Another time. Yeah. Uh, Corey, time out Mark Moss in the Uplift event next week. I'm actually going to talk to him soon. Nice. Talk to him soon. All right, team, that'll do it here for the Glassman Chipper, article number eight for the CrossFit Journal series that we have going on. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We appreciate your participation. We appreciate your energy, and we appreciate your support. You guys have yourselves a great weekend, a happy Thursday. We'll see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.